Hello, and welcome to Contain This. I'm Stephanie Williams, and on today's episode, I'm pleased to bring you an interview I recorded with Amandina Gushmau Amaral, the Program Director at the Partnership for Human Development, while I was visiting Timor-Leste last week. Manadina has worked for over two decades in public health in Timor-Leste. We talked about building resilient health systems in Timor-Leste, how the work of the pandemic challenged how Partnership for Human Development operated in Dili and around the country. Manadina talks about her passion for working with people and communities has helped her in her role today, coordinating and engaging with so many partners in health in Timor. We also discuss how she started out in health in Timor. She really has a terrific story. I hope you enjoy the episode. Dina, thanks for joining us today on Contain This. I wonder if we can start with you telling us about your current role in health here in Timor and your journey to get to this role. Thank you very much, Dr. Steph, uh, for allowing me this very important opportunity. Um, so currently I serve as a program director at the Partnership for um, Human Development. Uh, it's an Australian government funded uh, social sector focused development uh, aid program in, in Timor-Leste and it reflects Australia's commitment to work in partnership um, with the government in particularly improving the life of the Timorese people. Um, the PhD is focusing on uh, three main programs. So primary healthcare services system strengthening, basic education, as well as in uh, social protection. Um, APT Associates is the company that I'm working at uh, managing this program. Um, two main roles that I currently hold uh, is to work with the team at PhD maximizing the resources uh, from the Australian government to support the government of Timor-Leste's um, health sector priorities, uh, particularly in primary health care, including in nutrition. So basically focusing on getting behind um, what the Ministry of Health would like to see as their vision for um, uh, health sector improvement in Timor-Leste. Um, the second thing, uh, which I'm still learning, is becoming an integral part of PhD's executive team basically bringing my localized knowledge and experiences, uh, both technical and, um, uh, and in managerial, and in working with others to shape uh, PhDs programming and, and uh, engagement with relevant key stakeholders uh, in this country. Talking about my uh, journey, um, how have I come to where I am right now? Um, I've actually come a long way from um, starting at a very low base uh, in my professional career, but I consider them all equally um, uh, important in shaping me and who I am uh, now. I started by helping people, uh, talking to each other or communicating uh, with each other as, as an interpreter for um, the Medicine Sun Frontiers. Holland, uh, at the very uh, early days of our independence, um, Basically, I travel with doctors and um, midwives from Dili to health facilities in um, two of the uh, municipalities in Timor, Likisa and, um, and, and Bobonaru, uh, basically facilitating healthcare provisions by these international doctors, working with the local midwives and doctors, um, as well as uh, some training uh, uh, to these people at the health uh, facilities. Um, this, uh, coupled with uh, my childhood time, 
uh, of hanging around at help post where my late father uh, served as a nurse and going house to house helping and actually witnessing him um, uh, delivering babies and doing the dressing for uh, lepra uh, cases um, have actually uh, shaped my desire to uh, find out more and work in the health sector development uh, since then. Um, I've worked for a different organization since 1999. I was once a junior um, journalist uh, for a weekly magazine called Talitakum. I work with UNHCRs uh, for emergency uh, relief as a program officer. I then moved to work with UNICEF as an ex executive secretary. That's where I got my taking notes skills from mm -hmm. um, uh, for, for the representative. And uh, lastly, I think uh, my longest uh, career in initiating development sector support, uh, working for OZID uh, and then DFAT from uh, 2004. Um, I would like to acknowledge that my time with OZID and, and back then and, and, and DFAT have actually uh, provided me a great opportunity to learn more about development, understanding the key roles of what's bilateral uh, development partners, what's multilateral development partners, who are the technical implementers, how are you engaging with the government. I always share with my colleagues that my first year in OZIT is actually just sitting and listening to people <laughs> being quiet and really learning how people are navigating uh, through the challenges and risk and also grabbing the opportunity to, to do development. I've really built myself and um, maximized that time around 11 years with OZIT and DFAT back then. And again, those has actually been what shaped me uh, as who I am today. And uh, since 2016, I joined uh, the Partnership for Human Development and have been holding on to this uh, and still passionate about this until the day today. I, you know, um, Dina, you're such a part of the Australian story in Timor in health and through OZAID and DFAT, and I didn't appreciate until just now how many different perspectives you have had in different organisations, but really being shaped um, by the community health work early yeah. on. In the Partnership for Human Development, you know, you talked about delivering health and education and nutrition services. How did the pandemic change your ability to support yeah. the government here deliver those critical services? Um, I'd like to start by saying that sometimes when you just work, you didn't actually realise that things has actually changed. You've actually redirected a little bit. Um, PhD as a program is actually quite well placed uh, in a very positively unique situation um, to support um, advancing DFATS um, uh, resources as well as supporting the government of Timor-Leste's um, uh, 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 priorities uh, in responding to this, uh, the, the, the pandemic. As a program, um, I'd like to say that because of that unique position, we did not change so much, but perhaps more on maximizing our existing strengths, the already existing strengths and redirecting approaches and, and efforts. The reason I'm saying this is because uh, of two things. Uh, one is uh, the strength of our um, 
already existed uh, PhDs technically implementing partners, uh, both in, but mostly in health, but also in education as well as uh, uh, less on social protection because we are just uh, uh, sort of uh, starting with the reform uh, program. Uh, the second thing is PhD's own technical and operational strength as a development development uh, facility, as I mentioned earlier, to advance uh, different support to Government of Timor-Leste's emergency response uh, to the pandemic, uh, particularly in health, in education, and in social protections. There are many hurdles um, along the way, uh, uh, similar to other countries in the world. Timor-Leste did not expect, the health system does not expect um, to, to sort of absorb the hate of, the, uh, of this pandemic. The health system is basically not ready for uh, the big waves and, and the people themselves, we, we, we are not ready. As a member of the organization uh, PhD, I'm very proud to see our small contributions in, in health in getting behind the Ministry of Health's leadership and the um, some of the autonomous institutes, particularly the one that's dealing with um, the, the, the autonomous public institute that's dealing with drugs and um, consumables, SAMES. We are basically working very closely with them together with DFAT um, to ensure that the immediate readiness to respond to the pandemic is actually there. So that's ranging from um, working with them to make sure that the isolation facilities and the quarantine uh, facilities, the infrastructure is ready with our contribution, um, the essential uh, drugs, consumables and equipment are basically procured uh, as much as possible or maximizing what's already here, the logistical readiness, um, the availability of relevant protocols, um, both at the central as well as at the municipal health facility level. Um, I mentioned earlier about our technical existing technical implementing partners. Um, one of the good combination is that it's not just about working to respond to the pandemic, but also equally important is working to make sure that the essential routine services are basically continued to be uh, maintained. And that's not easy during the pandemic because you're basically asking the same health providers, the same health managers, to cope with all of these situations. And this is where extending the arm of the government of Timor-Leste through our technical implementing partners has been something that's the, uh, that I um, am proud to be part of and, and, and the government's also appreciating. But I want to mention all of them because they are doing such a great job. They are working really hard uh, with the government's own frontliners to make sure that services are there. And our two cents in terms of having these partners already in our book uh, with the DFAT funding is actually a really good thing in it that you can mobilize them quickly. They have already people on the ground who knows the system, who work with the systems, who has the relationship and like really extending the arm of the government and, and the openness of, of the government uh, for this. In summary, I'm actually proud to be getting behind the frontliners. You don't get your hands dirty and doing the work, but when you sit in the table and mobilizing yourself around and seeing that actually the people who you want to see working with the government are actually working, your government people are actually, there are a lot of challenges, but they're still working is is, uh, is actually something that um, making you proud that you can help people who are on the ground. You can help people who are actually working uh, hard. I would like to say that this is obviously not just a PhD thing to be proud of. Um, I would like to really acknowledge the 
persistent and trusted strategic leadership from the um, DFAT team uh, in Timor-Leste, especially during the time when we are hit by Delta, Omicron, and then flood and every other thing comes together in one year, particularly in 2021. Everyone was so supportive of, um, of, of each other and maximizing each of our strengths uh, in programming and, and, and technical and in strategic engagement with, um, with, with, with the government of Timor-Leste, particularly with the Ministry of Health uh, during that time. Um, this is actually one of the things also that got me up every morning and got motivated that I'm being supported. DFAT is looking at us, maximizing our efforts. DFAT wants to really be serious in helping the government of Timor-Leste. So why should I be sitting back and <laughs> laying back and then relax? So it's really uh, some of the interesting time. Um, at the end of the day, I'm very proud that the government of Timor-Leste, people who are working really hard, they hardly have a rest. It's like seven days a week thing for them. They can, with their efforts to take the lead on everything, they can feel that actually our development partners, our technical implementing partners are, are getting behind us. Yes, there is not much of systematic coordination. Uh, yes, there are some inefficient spending. Um, yes, there is continued issues with basic logistical support. Yes, there are human resource management issues. Yes, we need to be more inclusive uh, in gender, disability, other vulnerable groups such as LGBTQI. Um, but the fact that the country or the Ministry of Health in this case, is because I work very closely with them, jumps through many complexities and addressing the pandemic and bringing the arms of many partners um, together in a time of need is something that I would really like us to, it's my heads off uh, situations every time I think about they're not just responsible for pandemic. They're also responsible for other things. They still need to respond to the central institutions. What's your budget spending is like? What's your actual planning is like? So um, they're really working hard from ministers down to all the healthcare providers uh, at, at different facilities. So, um, so we're recording this in Timor now, this podcast, and yeah. I have had the great benefit of traveling around Timor last couple of days Thank to you. see Good. the achievements, as you say, of the government of Timor-Leste, not just with their vaccine coverage, mm -hmm. but in their partner coordination and the delivery of services, which even if interrupted, the frontline workforce and the municipal health authorities are the ones having to show up every day. Indeed. Um, yeah. So when you describe that sort of dizzying array of partners just yeah. then, all the partners of PhD and then all the multilateral partners, did you as PhD just bring everyone together regularly. How did you how did you coordinate with your yeah. implementing partners during the pandemic? It's not just PhD coordinating, but it's us maximizing the comparative advantage of each of these different partners. Systematically, in the non-pandemic time, we have our regular monthly catch-ups, we have our quarterly catch-ups, we have our discussion with other development partners, but um, it's not as systematic as we would have liked to. So we basically utilize different mechanisms. Um, we use WhatsApp, we coordinate through emails. Sometimes we are all going together to one Ministry of Health organized coordination meeting and we are just maximizing our time there. Um, 
some officials from DFAT are still trying to make it as organized as possible. And that's what I got behind. So the regular um, weekly during the high times uh, coordination with the development partners is actually um, me working with someone from DFAT who is actually very persistent and got the good relationship. Um, creating a WhatsApp group for that, both the technical team as well as with development partners, making sure that, okay, let's call everybody uh, to come together. I guess it's a collective effort because people just have the willingness and people realize that there is a need. Um, we're trying to make sure that because we're all trying to help the Ministry of Health, it's not just uh, uh, me, PhD, I go along and um, walk around with the ministry people. I don't always, the, the realization that I don't always have all the skill set and and the, the, the technical resources in particular to respond to the Ministry of Health. So if one person is getting in there, we call the other partners to come along. So for example, if I see these as this is actually the comparative advantage of UNFPA. Then I call, like it's an individual kind of uh, thing. I call UNFPA. Oh, actually, I might, I might need to call Malok Timor as well because they have the specialization to be able to respond to some infrastructure issues in the isolation facilities. Or the um, maternity room in the isolation facility is not working well and we need to equip it. It's not necessarily PhD, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's UNFPA. So... While we need to appreciate the government of Timor-Leste as well, because as much as possible, they are establishing the national commission, the technical commissions, and as much as possible, while they need to work going out there and respond, they're still calling everybody together. Now, what we maximize is that, okay, we're all in these big meetings. We know that these are the gaps. These are the priorities. And then we gather ourselves it just, I guess, the willingness of, of everybody to collaborate. Yeah, and we've t we've seen that partnership on display, well, in the last few yeah. days, which is the time I've been here. Yeah. And I guess the challenge is emergencies and crises make us work differently and better together. Yeah. And how do we continue? We can't continue running in crisis mode Correct. to coordinate. Yeah. But, but each time there is this moment... Yeah. The relationships get a bit stronger and yeah. a bit easier and I think have to normalise that a bit. Yeah. Can I ask um, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, you described such a, a great journey in health to where you are yeah. now, um, what your advice is to young Timorese mm -hmm. um, who are interested in working in health? I fully agree with you that at some stage we need to move away from this vertical approach COVID-19 respond, uh, response and COVID-19 vaccinations have been well-resourced. How we actually work to learn from this vertical approach and apply it in the routine services. And the Ministry of Health will continue to count on each of us, both development and technical implementing partners. And um, I see some good moves, both from the Central Ministry of Health in already taking the discussions with us development partners in terms of integrating the current efforts of COVID-19 into the routine services. We need to intensively work with the government, not to work outside, but work with the government to make that happen. In um, my young Timorese colleagues um, who are interested to work in health, I would like to say that every profession is important and are needed in different ways in this country we're still developing. We still need a lot more good human resources. 
um, to, to, to support all of, the, all of the different efforts. A lot of opportunities for young Timorese. I guess me personally, what I have learned is that maybe not necessarily the case for developing countries, for example, we get to experience the reality. We get to see the day-to-day -day struggle of our family, our immediate families, our neighbors, our surrounding within the communities. So it's just a matter of taking that to systematization, I guess. I don't know whether that's the correct word, um, but how you are going up to a bit of academic kind of um, experience to make sure that, oh, okay, what I've seen in my community, in my family, in my neighborhood is actually, this is how they describe it systematically and how I can help. But um, I guess you can be a health manager or you can be a clinical person and providing essential healthcare services. Both are equally important, but be responsible and be accountable um, as much as you can, as you will be dealing with the helping and saving lives. It's a very onerous um, opportunity. I have personally witnessed through my own, like I mentioned earlier, um, late father, how a health provider is um, assisting a woman in giving life to others. Through my professional careers, I have witnessed how a health provider in a rural health post is making a big e effort, trying to be creatives, working extra miles to try and provide healthcare services um, uh, to people. When you are aware of this reality uh, as a manager at the municipal or national with the government or with external partners, you'd be motivated to do your best and contribute to support those who are at the front lines. Um, whether you are a manager, whether you're an official uh, entering data, um, whether you're a logistician, um, a pharmacist, an ambulance driver or a clinician, you will be contributing to making that change to one person's life at the end of the day. And Thank what, you. Yeah, what makes you most hopeful about the future here? Um, my, I think um, that that's a very tough question. Uh -huh. Sorry, <laughs> Sometimes you, you're just doing it and then yeah. you forgot that. Yeah. Um, I guess um, witnessing how Timor is quite complex. Our political settings can be quite complex. But witnessing um, the collective efforts during this pandemic, I felt like everybody cares about everybody else. Culturally, we are very collective. We're helping each other. So, and then I also saw out there in the community through my own teenage children, as well as the um, communities I'm surrounding that there are young people who are eager to learn and who are eager to see and do good things for, for this country. And before it's too late, I hope that um, while there are always different views about development in this country, we can maximize the existing development assistance to, 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 to this country before we run out of it. Because I think um, developed countries cannot just be focusing on Timor, there are also other countries that would be increasingly needing their support as well. So how are we as a country actually maximizing that? Me, through my own small contributions in, in working with the people in the health sector, but also other people uh, around this country. So Dana, thank you for sharing your story and your passion you. and your hope for the future. Thank you very much, Dr. Steph. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Contain This. 
I'm Stephanie Williams, Australia's Ambassador for Regional Health Security. I've been talking to Manadina, the Program Director at the Partnership for Human Development in Timor-Leste. This is a 10-year program funded by the Australian Government to support the Government of Timor-Leste to deliver services in health, education, gender, disability, nutrition, social solidarity and inclusion. Since its inception in 2016, the Partnership for Human Development has supported improved access to health services across Timor-Leste's 14 municipalities and collaborated with the Ministry of Health to produce a new bilateral program health design. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Subscribe to Contain This for our next episode in two weeks' time.